Brothers, it's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger. As promised, this is the second part of a two-part kind of inspirational mini-series about pain relief and giving thanks. And in this season of thanks, I just could not let you guys go enjoy your beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkey, ham, lamb without uh, first giving you a message and a word of encouragement to make it go down just a little bit sweeter. And so welcome to Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. And so our episode today is called Oh Give Thanks and it is coming from our guiding thought from Psalms 136 which says Oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Some versions of that say his love endures forever and so whichever version that you're reading or subscribing to just know that God's mercy, his love it absolutely endures until the end. So here's where I want to start. Um What we've been talking about is kind of like world events and then certainly the uh, most recent election and how people have been kind of feeling some kind of way about that. And it's perfectly okay to feel some kind of way. You know, the Bible says, you know, be angry, but don't sin. You know, don't allow that anger to cause you to do something that is off the cuff or out of character. And so one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I wanted to drive home is just a message of inspiration and encouragement. And certainly in this season of thanks right now, the way things are looking, it may not seem that there is much to be thankful for, but oh, wrong, wrong, wrong. You are if you are thinking that way, if you are kind of down and discouraged. And hopefully by the end of this message, at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to see what I see and be encouraged like I'm encouraged. So. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this, it says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So let me break that down for a second. It says in everything, in everything, give thanks, everything, 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 everything. Yes. In every single thing, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you know how that is. Like as believers, we always say, Lord, if it be your will, Lord, if it be your will, because when you say that, basically what you're saying is that you're not quite sure what the will of God is, but there are a number, a a number of times, a number of scriptures in the Bible that tell you exactly what God's will is for your life, exactly what his will is concerning you. And this is one of those scriptures, first Thessalonians 518, it says, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So what does that mean? When your bills are due, give thanks. When your heart is broken, give thanks. When you get bad news, give thanks. When your spouse is acting crazy, give thanks. When your job situation is looking suspect, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Because I know that in our humanity, it's so easy to just praise the Lord and, you know, give thanks when good things are happening. That's human nature. Of course, we're going to cheer when our team is winning. But when our team is losing, um, that's when people start filing out of the stadium. <laughs> that's when people start, you know, throwing popcorn and bottle caps and, you know, cussing and drinking and that sort of thing. I understand it's very easy to cheer when your team is winning. It's very easy to cheer and give thanks and high fives and chest bumps and fist bumps when everything is going all right. But can you do that when things are not going well? The Bible says, regardless of how you feel about it, in everything, give thanks 
Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So even with all of those things going on, the Bible says in everything, give thanks. And I realize that that doesn't make sense. But trust me, as as we move through the podcast today, things are going to become a little bit more clear to you. So why should you give thanks? I'm going to take you to another scripture. I'm an English professor by trade. Most of you know that. And so words mean a lot to me. I am a linguist. I'm looking at the language and I'm looking at the intentionality by which the words are used and placed. And even in multiple versions, whether it's the New Living Translation, the New King James Version, the Old King James Version, the NIV, whatever the the English Standard Version, whatever version of the text that you are using, I'm always excited when I see the same word or variation or synonym of that word used because that tells me that that word is intentional. And so Romans 8.28 says this, say it with me if you know it. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know, some versions say, and we are confident that all things work together. So let's connect these two things together. In the previous scripture, I said, in everything, give thanks. Why? Because all things are working together for the good of them that love God. Do you love him today? Ask yourself that. Do I love God? Oh, Lord, let me go. Erica Campbell, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Okay, let me stop because that... I love Erica, but I I do know when I heard that song, I was like, oh, Lord, (laughs) but it's catchy and whatever gets you to, you know, believe or sing praises to the Lord. Go for it. But yes, let's tie these things together in everything. Give thanks because all things are working together for the good of them that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose. And so, you know, some of us, we sing that song by Travis Green. All things are working for your good. Why? Because he is intentional. God is intentional towards you. God is meticulous. One of the things that I always say on this show, especially when I'm coming from the Old Testament, is Oh, I love the Old Testament. I love it. I love it. But let me tell you the part of the Old Testament that I don't exactly love as much as I love these stories of the Old Testament. The Old Testament has a lot of math. And I told you I'm an English professor. So math is not always going to resonate in my shundo. It's not always going to make my spirit and my heart sing. Um, And so in the Old Testament, when God is talking about how he wants uh, the temple built and how he wants um, his sanctuary built, God is very specific in those scriptures. And so the scriptures that are concerning the math, talking about the cubits and the measurements and the inner sanctuary and the outer courts and the materials that he wants to be used and the outfits that the priest should wear. God is very meticulous. He's extremely specific. He's a master architect. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, the heavens and the earth. So think about 
about the way that our world is ordered, about how the sun comes up, rises in the east and how it sets in the west without fail from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation. It has always done what God ordained it to do. Think about how leaves turn green in the spring, but then fall away in the fall and in the winter and then come back in the spring without fail. Now, unless man has intervened or polluted or disrupted the order of things that God God has a perfect order of things. He has perfectly arranged the earth, the heavens and the earth. He has perfectly arranged and he'll tell you specifically in the Old Testament how he wants to be worshipped, how he wants his temple to be built. And so if God created the heavens and the earth in the perfect order to things, do you not think that what is happening right now in our world, in our country, in your life, that God does not have his hand and a perfect order for how this is supposed to manifest? Think about it. In everything, give thanks because all things work together. And let me get get you just really clear on this. All things work together for the good of them who love God. Let's stop right there. All things work together for good. The only way that you can give praise and get some encouragement out of that scripture is if you meet the qualifier. God is a very if then God. He makes conditional clauses. He loves you unconditionally, but he has a number of conditions upon which you must receive the blessings that he has. And so when he says all things work together for good to them, specifically those people who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so in this podcast, we've often talked about your calling. Okay, what have you been called to do? What has God purposed in your heart to do? It's like fire shut up in your bones and you can't walk away from your calling. And so if you are called, please know that God is working things out in your favor. So let me give you a tangible example. And I know this was nobody but the Holy Spirit that put this on my heart. Let's use the example of the cross. Okay. So Luke 24, and I know that you usually hear this like around Easter time, but bear with me. Trust me it has some Thanksgiving applications right in this moment. Just, just keep on rolling with me. I promise you it's all going to make sense. So Luke 24 says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Let me tell you something. God is never surprised and God has gone out of his way to tell us and to prepare us for the things that are to come, the things that have to happen, the things that must be. So in this situation, In Luke 24, the women have gone to anoint Jesus' body in the wake of his death and they're grief stricken and they're just being dutiful and they're going to, you know, pay their respects. And the angel said to them, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And they're looking at him like, huh? And they said, remember, he told you X, Y and Z. 
So right now, some of you that are still uh, grieving or struggling or 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 wrestling with some pain in some way, understand this in your grief and in your heartache, it is very easy to lose sight of God's promises because that's not the first thing you're thinking about. We are human. We are flawed. We feel we are emotional creatures. Okay. So in your grief and in your heartache and in your struggle, it's very easy to lose sight of God's promises. So think about this. When Jesus died on the cross, his followers were devastated. Their hope died on the cross with him. They were like, Oh my gosh, I thought he was the one and and they killed him. That was their perspective. That was their humanity. Even though Jesus had specifically told them that this is how it was going to go down, even though Jesus had specifically told them and warned them and said, look, this is exactly how this is going to play out. Somehow in their grief, in their humanity, in their emotions, in their panic, in their stress, they lost sight of that. And right now, some of you in your stress, in your panic, in your grief, and you're looking at the, the bills and looking at resources instead of looking at the source, instead of looking at how the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, the earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it belongs to him, which means that if you don't have money to pay your bills right now, you do realize that God is the source. He's not a resource where things run out. It's the source. But right now, as you're looking at your situation right now, as you're looking at how you're going to to make up the difference or fill the gap, it's very easy to lose sight of God's promises. But please know this, even though Jesus died on the cross, that was not the end of the story. The Bible doesn't end at the cross. If the Bible ended at the cross, we would have nothing to believe in. We would have no hope. But that's not the end of the story. And they knew it. They knew that that was not the end of the story because Jesus told them that that was not how his story was going to end. And I'm telling you right now in your situation, wherever you are in your story, your story is not over. That is not how the story ends. That might be the end of this chapter. That might be end of a particular chapter in your life. And the cross is the end of a chapter of Jesus's life. But that was not how the story ended, because what happened three days later, he rose again. Three days later, he rose again. And so what I'm here to remind you in any situation where you are struggling, where you are grief stricken, where you are heartbroken, where you are stressed out, where you are wringing your hands and you're wondering and kind of like anxious, please remember that is not where your story ends because three days later, Jesus said, oh, death, (laughs) Where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? He said, you thought you had me, but ho ho, (laughs) you know, that's not how my story ends. So in your situation, please remember, and I'm here to remind you, you know, God is saying, didn't I tell you that I would never leave you nor forsake you? Didn't I tell you, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. Didn't I tell you that you will suffer persecution for my sake? Didn't I tell you, 1 John 13, 13, do not be surprised if the world hates you. Didn't I tell you that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And so back to my original premise in everything give thanks 
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. One of the reasons we should be giving thanks is because since we serve a God that is never surprised, he has given us the, the tool of his word, the power of his word, so that whatever it is that we are going through, he has a word to speak to your situation. He has a word to speak directly to what you're going through. The Bible says that the word of God is a two edged sword, that it is alive. The word of God is not static text. For those of you that have been listening to me and rocking with me for a while, I had an opportunity a few weeks ago at the Bachelorette event um, to to actually engage some of my podcast listeners. And they say they have this thing within their group because they're sharing my podcast. And they say, oh, girl, I threw the shoe today. I threw the shoe. I said, you threw the shoe. They said, girl, sometimes you get to go on with the scripture and I had to throw my shoe. You know what that is? That's the power of God's word. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power saying, yes. Okay, that's your spirit responding to a word of encouragement. And so God is saying, didn't I tell you that that's not how this story is going to end? Didn't I tell you that there would be wars and rumors of wars? And didn't I tell you, see that you be not troubled because God is with you. No matter what the situation is, he's right there. One of the scriptures that always, always gives me inspiration and hope is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, which says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Please know that what you can, all you can see is what you can see. Let me repeat that. All you can see is what you can see. You know what that means? All you can see is what's right in front of you. You can't see tomorrow, but we serve a God that sees tomorrow. All you can see is your set of circumstances. All you can see is what you have right in front of you. This is why the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, because if all we had to go by is what we saw, we would be in trouble. If all we had to go by is what was in the bank account, we would be in trouble. If all we had to go by was what the boss man said, we would be in trouble. If all we had to go by is what husband or wifey said, we would be in trouble. If all we had to go by is what the doctor said, we would be in trouble. But the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things that we do not see. And so the Bible says that here in Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. The way that this is going to play out is not the way that you think it ought to play out. The way that this story ends is not the way that you think is going to end. You're going to have a happy ending, but it's not going to come the way that you thought it was. And so please know that that is high. He says as high as the heavens are above the earth, so much higher are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts because all you can see is what you can see but what God can see is everything all you can see is what you can see but what God can see is everything and so please know you you will not always see God working on your behalf but he is and I'm going to give you some examples of this tangible examples because all I can go by is the word while Joseph, so remember Joseph way back in the Old Testament, his brother sold him into slavery. OK, Joseph had it rough before he started ruling Egypt. OK, but while Joseph was in prison, the king was having nightmares. Joseph didn't know that, but God knew. So 
while Joseph was in a situation of imprisonment and confinement and things were looking rough and he was in there on some trumped up charges for a crime that he did not commit. While he was in that situation, the king was tossing and turning unbeknownst to Joseph and had some nightmares and some dreams that needed interpretation. And that's how Joseph found his way up out of the prison. While Moses's mother, okay, because Pharaoh had issued a decree to kill all of the male children. So while Moses's mother was fearing for her son's life, unbeknownst to her, Pharaoh's daughter was wishing she had a child. So Moses's mother is fearing for her child's life. Pharaoh's daughter's biological clock is ticking and she's wishing that she had a child that she could raise as her own. When Peter was in prison, so and he went to prison many times. So we're talking Acts chapter 12 here. When Peter was in prison and he was scheduled to be executed. So King Herod had issued the decree that he was to be executed while he was in prison, chained up between two guards, unbeknownst to him, the church was praying for him. And what happened? Peter's chains were loosed and he was able to walk away free. And Angel said, come on, Peter, <laughs> it's time to go. And so Peter didn't know that the church was praying for him. But right in his situation, that's what was going on. Things were happening that he did not see. While Abraham, Old Testament, was making his way to sacrifice Isaac because God said, let me test my servant Abraham let me see if you will give up the very thing that you love the most, the son that you had waited forever for, for me. Is there anything that you will not do? And is, is there anything that you will put before me? And Abraham, while he was making his way to sacrifice Isaac, unbeknownst to Abraham, the ram was making his way to the bush to be sacrificed. And so I say all of that to say, you're not always going to see God working on your behalf, but he is. You're not always going to see the provision in your predicament, but you have to trust God by faith that it's there. I'm going to repeat that. You are not always going to see the provision in your predicament, but you have to trust God by faith that it's there. And that's how I want to end this episode. That's why you ought to give thanks. Before you get your beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkey, ham, lamb, you better give thanks. Okay, despite what it looks like, all things are working together in everything. Give thanks. Why? Because all things are working together for who? For us. For those of us who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know that God has purposed something in your heart. That's why you catching hell. Dogs don't bark at parked cars. The reason why you catching hell is because you're trying to do the will of God and the enemy won't leave you alone. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, greater is the spirit, the Holy Spirit, God that dwells within you than the enemy that is in the world. Okay. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. So I want to end with Psalms 136, which is a very long psalm, but it's a very encouraging psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endures, his love endures forever. And the Bible says what? That love never fails. It says faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. But the greatest of these is mercy. But the greatest of these is charity. It never fails. It never runs out. So have a happy and a blessed Thanksgiving. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And you know, I actually did a little bit of um, 
I looked at my analytics, which I don't always get a chance to do. And outside of the United States, I want to give some real shout outs to uh, my biggest audiences overseas. And so France actually is my largest listening audience overseas. So France, thank you for listening. Uh, UK is right behind France. So for all of my listeners in the UK, I appreciate you. Italy, I have a large listening base in Italy and Canada and Russia. That rounds out my top five of those of you who are listening consistently to this show outside of the United States. I so appreciate you. And there are about 26 other odd countries that are listening to this show. But please know I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm thankful for you. And I look forward to seeing you guys on our next episode.